to support this podcast, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount is appreciated, and please hit us up on social media. Are you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm loco? loco? <laughs> What's up, you pumpkin humpers? Jay here, positivesarcasm.com, Instagram, positive underscore sarcasm, Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You can look me up on YouTube, positive sarcasm. Starting to get the theme here, starting to figure it out. Twitter, five days a week, not seven, at POS sarcasm. Tumblr, <sighs> what happened to Tumblr? You, you were so nice to me in the beginning. <laughs> Anyways, Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. If you want to donate and give me money, because I want it. I want all of it. Um, you can uh, go to PayPal.me slash PositiveSarcasm. You can donate any amount, because um, I appreciate you. Say you. Save me. Say it together. Uh, been uh, cooking all morning, because I'm a champion like that. Got uh literally took three pork roasts. Uh first I went off to my normal store and then I hit uh the section eight grocery store, got some extra pork roasts, went there, threw them in the oven. So I only got three of those bad boys in the oven right now, covered with salt and sesame oil and seasonings. I don't remember what they are. Literally just I like you can take the seasonings. What's cool about seasoning, let them dry about dry out a little bit when they're on the stems, and you just take them out of the fridge and you just kinda diddle them and all the all the dead flakes just fall on the food. Perfect. Um, it's a lazy approach to seasoning. Just diddle, diddle your, diddle your flakes. And it just goes in there, cover it with aluminum foil at 275 and just let it sit in the oven. Really not difficult. And at the same time, I was cooking my eggs and my crispy eggs going. Thank you, uh, Frank Prisonzano on Instagram. He'll teach you how to make a nice crispy egg. Uh, and then also I got a soup, cabbage, mushrooms, chicken, eggs, all sitting there in in, uh, in a broth I had in the freezer. That's going right now. Simmering, summering, sexy in September. That's done too. You know, cooking's really not that hard. You can get it all done. I don't want to hear excuses about you people don't. I don't have time to cook. I have to take Dylan's soccer practice. Um, and I had to take my sister's kid to go pick up her antidepressants at the pharmacy. And then I have to go to... Uh, I have to go to uh, my strength and talk about my feelings. You know, it's like, oh my god, fucking take a minute, go go cook some food. You have to understand when you cook, cooking is therapeutic, and when when the music that you have on in the background, okay, it's, it, it also helps with it. You kind of, it's like a, your own little party, and you know, nobody needs to be invited. So you go in the kitchen, you know, you throw on a little music. You have you have like a little plate out, so while you're cooking things, you nibble on this, you nibble on that, and you're like, "Ooh, that's pretty good." I'm gonna add, and any flavor you want. Don't bring in a freaking cookbook. Anybody who brings in, a, if if somebody walks in your kitchen with a cookbook, with a cookbook, beat them to fucking death with the cookbook. Just beat them, okay? I want. Yes, I am. Uh, I yes, I am telling you to commit murder in your own kitchen or their kitchen, you know, which would technically be terrorism because if you're doing it on their turf, that's terrorism. Well, foreign terrorism. Where am I going with this? Anyways, I'll back up. Anyways, uh, yeah. So beat them to death. Then when you hide the body, um, go in there and just 
Take the flavors that you like. doesn't matter what they are. It could be freaking peanut butter and jelly. You want to put that on your ribs? You want to put that in your soup? Go right ahead. Just take the flavors that you like and put them together. And don't be afraid to use salt either, okay? Do you realize everybody, th- oh, I th- everybody says that to me. Oh, I got to cut out the salt. Listen, stupid, without salt, you're fucking drowned. And you could be standing in the middle of the desert. And if, and if you don't have any water, if you don't have any salt in your body, you drown, okay? You ever think about that? You ever notice that when if you're in fresh water, you drown, but if you're in salt water, you kind of float a little bit, you know, a little buoyancy to you? Yeah, that's called salt genius, okay? Add salt to your food, you'd be better off for it. It's called electrolytes. It's what plants need. It's what plants need. Um, so I've been cooking all morning, so I got three roasts in there in the oven right now. They're just kind of chillaxing. And um, I got soup on the top. I already had my eggs. Of course, I got my coffee. Got the cold. I was, I was talking on this on, on the phone this morning, and I said something about, see, iced coffee is great because it kind of gets you jazzed up, kind of cools your body down a little bit. But there's nothing like a nice, warm, soaking roast. It has like an intimate feeling. It's like it just, it coats your soul with its hot sexiness. You know, as you drink that coffee, you're like, hold on, let me just give you a little sip here. And it just goes down. You're like, ah, you know, that wasn't that much. That was aggressive. That was, that was aggressive. Um, there really is something about a nice warm coffee. I was actually stating that a nice, a really good cup of hot coffee could, um, cure terrorism. Could actually cure terrorism. If I mean, imagine if you're thinking about committing mass murder. And right before you go, right before you're about to go into your office, you know, with a with a fully loaded shotgun, you uh, you go and stop by the local hipster coffee brewery, and they're like, "Yo, what can I get you?" And it's like uh, something that helps me kill. And you're like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you need. Oh, I know what you mean, man. Uh, give me five minutes. I'll whip that up for you." They go in there and you watch them, you know, take the beans out and crush them up and put them in the thing and. You know, and they they stick it in the fucking in the in the in the in the random metal machine that looks like something of a Fear Factory cover, um, and then all of a sudden all this little droopy brown shit comes out, bloop, 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 and it fills up the cup, and then they take the little they take the little, little uh, fucking what you call it the little creamy milk stuff from the from the from the cow that doesn't have any steroids in it, and they put that in there, and they make like the little heart. Or like the little tooth fairy, or you know, some kind of random pentagram in your coffee. Like here you go, man. You know, I made that up just for you. And you drink that, and you take that little sip, that first sip of the warm, foamy, frothy cinnamon, dark roast uh, Jamaican pea berry blend, and then you're like, uh, you know what? think I'm going to get into real estate. And that's it. Nobody dies. It's like it's like you have this epiphanal moment. Epiphanal? Is that a word? I'm going with it. You can look it up later. You can contact me, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can tell me that epiphanal is not a word. I'll still use it anyways. But you have these little life-changing moments, these little things. Like, for example, say you're going to go... Um, I don't know. Say you're going to go fucking have an orgy, like a giant orgy. You know one of the chicks has herpes. Like that. Like not the herpes that everybody has and uh, it doesn't. nothing really happens. You just kind of have it. It's like, yeah, I got that too. Yeah, yeah no big deal. Um, but I mean like the raging ones where it's like, whew, dude. Whew. But then you go stop by the taco stand 
and you get you know you get yourself a couple tacos, but they're like really good tacos, not like the dry chicken tacos, but like the carne asadas, you know, like the good steak ones or the pulled pork ones, and you're like, you know, man, those are really good. Hey, let me get two more because you know real good tacos. Generally, a good taco is soft and it's they're really small, and they're cheap though, so you end up like I could fit two more in me. By the time you fit two more into, you're kind of full and. You're really not, you're, you're, you're kind of full. You're not really feeling it. The onions are starting to get to you. You're burping up some onions. And uh, you're like, I don't know, you know, kind of having second thoughts about that, you know, orgy. So you decide that, you know, you're not going to go through with it because you're kind of full. You're kind of feeling tired. The You know, two tacos were not enough. Maybe that third taco wouldn't have been good, but you decided to have four because the first two were really easy to take down. But now you're kind of full. You're not really feeling it. Your blood sugar is kind of high and you're about ready for that crash. And while you're thinking about that, you realize you had some shit to do. Oh, man, I got to go pick up toilet paper and soap. So you decide, you know what? Save that orgy for another day, you know. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of averted, you know, you just, you know what I've just done? I've done the world a favor here. I've just helped you avoid disaster, you know. Because now you have, instead of going and getting money for herpy cream, you now have money to spend on more tacos, um, instead of m- spending money on bullets to go and murder your colleagues, you now have mur- money to go get another latte. You know, things are starting to progress. You know, you're not you're not getting herpes and you're not killing people, but instead you're having tacos and coffee. And honestly, if you have tacos and coffee, that's a good fucking day, man. There's really nothing better than that. Tacos. I mean, think about it. You wake up this morning with, you know, with your girl or your guy. You know, you know. I don't. I don't judge. Um, and you're like, hey, what do you want to do today? You know, hey, what do you want to do today? I want to let's go get some coffee. All right, let's go get some coffee. And you stroll down to this store and your fucking Lululemons or whatever they're called. And uh, you know, you go and you get your, you know, can I get uh, a high latte with extra cinnamon and and hold the phone? And then you go and get your coffee, and it's like mm, this is really good. Uh, the barista had an attitude, though, but it's okay. This coffee is good. It's worth it. How much was it? $7. And then you go and you have your coffee, and it's like, by the time you guys are complaining about your first world problems, you realize, oh, it's lunchtime. What time is it? It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow, we really, how long did we sleep? 14 hours. And then you go and you get your tacos, and it's like, oh, these tacos are great. I love this place. Mm. They, 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 they just cook the cabbage just right. And then by the time you're done with that, it's about 10.30, and you haven't done anything to you haven't done anything wrong so you've had your coffee and your tacos um you haven't hurt yourself or others that's a great day so just write that down so anyways um that killed a good 10 minutes anyways jay here positive sarcasm.com uh i threw up a new commercial um so i came home yesterday i'll talk about the uh the two events week 90 and week 91 um if you find me on youtube I'll talk to those. I'll talk to those. I'll talk about those in a minute. But I came home, and uh, John Turcott and uh, Team Polkin of Polkin Productions. You can find them online. Uh, sorry, I got coffee. I'm gonna have to drink this. Excuse me. <sighs> Sumatra. So I get home about six o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't know what's going on. It looks like they're filming a porn or some shit. Um, so they got the uh, the umbrella lights out. They're filming a video for John's doing another movie. When is John not doing a movie? Every time I every time I talk, what are you doing? Eh, I'm shooting a movie. You know, could be two o'clock in the afternoon. What are you doing? Ah, eh, shooting a movie, and having another kid. Congrats, by the way. So he's doing that. Um, 
I forget what the movie was, but they had the whole house like fucking just covered with cameras and lights, and it's amazing. He writes. Here's what I like about John. Turcotte can write one page per day. So literally, he can do 90 pages. In 90 days, he can come up with a script. I don't care if the movie's good or bad. The fact is he can write one page per day, and in 90 days, he has a script for a movie. That's ridiculous. Okay? I, it took me months. It took me since February to be able to finish the lyrics for a song. So three and a half minutes of content in 90 days, he's got a whole fucking movie, okay? He wrote this ridiculous movie. It's like 90 pages long. It's called Jeffy and the Blue Line Bandits. It was fucking, it was, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. But he wrote 90 pages all by himself. That's impressive. If he can do that while, you know, you have a full-time job, kid or kids, married, you know, huge cock, you can do, and he still has time to write all that stuff in that amount of time. What does that say for your timetable and how you're utilizing your time? So you really got to think about that. Um, you know, you can do that. If you just sit down and you just start writing, and maybe it's not scripts. Maybe it's, I don't know, calligraphy. I don't know. You take the time to do it. Who knows what you can come up with? But, he, yeah, he was um, he was killing it in the studio yesterday. He was here till. Shit, I don't even know when he got here. I just left him the keys to the studio. And he got here, I don't think he left until like 7.30. They were filming all kinds of stuff. So one of the scenes included um, he was going to break a coffee cup. He asked me if I had a coffee mug I wanted to break. I was like, actually, I do, come to think of it. So we went outside. I'm like, wait, we're going to break it. I'm like, I didn't want to break it in the house because I didn't think it would break. So we took it outside. And I said, well, let's go film it at least, just really quickly. Didn't grab the gimbal stabilizer or anything. I just go go grab my phone. I grabbed a pitching wedge from one of my many golf clubs, golf sets. And um, we went outside in the middle of the street, and we filmed the commercial. And I just I just hauled back and swung and just perfect. I mean, my form wasn't great, but where the club landed, literally all that left, all that was left of the – of the mug was just the foundation part. There was nothing else left. This thing exploded all over this four-way intersection. Just boom! It was great. I sent them all out there to just pick up the pieces because this thing just exploded. It was great. You can check that out. That's on Instagram, uh, uh, at positive underscore sarcasm, or you can just go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the little bell, please. Hit the bell, and you'll be able to get the new updates and stuff. And that one just came up. That was just done yesterday. Uh, or whenever this gets uploaded. So that was pretty cool. Um, oh, hold on. Sorry, my coffee was calling me. Joey, drink me. Mm. Hashtag Java. So week 90, what was I going to talk about? Oh, security. Hashtag build a wall. Um, week 90, I was at the, uh, I was in Ocean Avenue in Hampton Beach for the New England Seafood, or the Hampton Beach Seafood Festival, whatever it's called. And I got there at 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., parked in Hampton Falls, took an Uber to the actual beach. It was about six minutes. Got there. Nobody's around. There was two cops in a golf cart driving up and down the area. And we're talking hundreds of vendors, huge beer tent, massive amounts of real estate. The entire Ocean Avenue section completely closed. Closed off uh, from traffic. And I'm just waltzing through all of it. You know what shit I could have stolen? 
and just wandering around, no security or anything like that. So, but it was, and it was just two cops. And I spent all day there. You know, I got up on stage. I was standing next to the governor, okay, of New Hampshire. I mean, it's really no big deal, but still, it is the governor. So, I, it, I wandered around there. You, the first rule of if you're going to go to these events, if you don't think you necessarily have the credentials, well, first of all, if you don't know if you have the credentials, you don't have the credentials. So get there early, super early. Try to get there early before really anybody else does. That's rule number one. And then rule number two, don't try to make friends immediately. Start by shooting material. Start by your camera is already out. Your gear is your gear is your talking point. So when you're shooting uh, a, a vlog or something like that, start by your camera should always be in front of you. Your gear should always be presentable and uh, large enough for... Um, staff to see that this is your primary focus is to shoot video that way the questions are directed more towards uh what are you shooting for instead of what are you doing here because when they ask you what are you doing here that means that your gear is not presentable enough for them to be steering their thought process in that direction but if you have like a huge nikon or in my case i have a sony on a, i have a sony gear and then i have my my camera pack and all that jazz they get the idea of what you're up to. And then I wear like this little credentialing land lanyard with my logo on it, and people get that idea. So I'm, I'm there early. I look like I'm I'm prepared. All right. And that and there you go. That's your jumping point to being able to stay within. Because if you're there early and they don't want you there, they have every right to kick you out. And then you don't get that setting up that you don't get that that important uh part where when you're shooting a vlog, it's cool to get to see the setup how things are getting set up before the actual people come rolling in. That's the best part. Um, it's a great way to lead into a vlog. It helps tell the story. All about telling the story. So yeah, I was there at 5 a.m. The freaking place didn't open till 10 o'clock. So I was there doing all that. And plus, if you get there early, the less likely you'll have to pay. You know, think about that. Um, if you're there early, chances are you're able to get credentialing or you can literally find credentials or lanyards or um, wrist wraps um, on the ground. People drop that shit all the time. Just pick them up and put them on. The more stuff that makes you look legitimate, the better. Um, and security was light. Okay, It was the it was very open. I mean, it, it's first of all, Hampton Beach is a community. But you go there and then you kind of, Keep away from the entrances. When you're shooting, stay within the confines of where the people are while you're making friends. After you've already established that you're going to be here and you're staying here and you've gotten past that first wave of, you know, wandering security that just never gives you a second glance, then you can focus on staying close to people that have gotten there early and start shooting around that area. And once you get close to them, you start doing a couple waves. You start getting closer to them. Like, this is, you know, like like Jane Goodall with the fucking chimps. You know, you get closer and closer, and finally they accept you in, and they, they start showing you what they're doing, and then you start making friends, and they start offering you stuff, and then, boom, that's your point of contact. And then you kind of stay near that area, and then more people start showing up. You start spreading out. Never go near the entrances, though, because the staff is there for one reason, to keep people out. That's the reason. So if you have... For the Hampton Beach Seafood Festival, you had like five entrances, okay? The staff is designed to do one thing. Once they get there, they are paid to do one thing. Keep people out. And if you're, you haven't paid and you don't have a wrist strap or you don't have credentials, you're getting kicked out. Stay away from them. 
They see you, they may ask questions. If they care enough, they ask questions. The next thing you know, you're all done. And if you're not with like a news organization, a legit huge news organization, you're most likely going to be asked to leave or something that it just is going to negatively impact what you're trying to do. And that's get footage uh, from the very beginning. It's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. So instead, if you don't have to ask for forgiveness, my opinion, get there early, avoid all these extra hurdles. I did it with the Brewfest, New Hampshire, Manchester Brewfest, um, because I'm only shooting from a positive angle. I'm not there to get the negative shit. Because if you're there shooting negative shit, and I'll get to this later on, if you're there shooting negative shit, they're eventually not going to invite you back. They're going to see you. They're going to know what you've done that's either positive or negative, and they're going to react to it and be like, see that kid? We don't want him here. He brings negative light. Get him out of here. And you can say whatever you want. That's the end of it. But you get there. You get there early. Make a couple friends. And then you keep an eye as things get closer and closer to actually opening time. Keep an eye on, on security and staff and what they're doing. And then you're now, once everybody's in and everything's all going well, just float around. See what you have access to. And then you be you basically become a, a part of the of the group of the of the people that are going in and out. People see you with cameras. They start asking, "Hey, you taking pictures?" I go, "For me, no. I would be taking video if there was some a photo If you are a photographer, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm taking pictures." They want, "Can you get a picture of us?" Sure. You hashtag it. You do all the stuff, and they get really happy. Where can we see it? You know, and and then boom, you're a photographer. Um, if you're a videographer, you'd be like, "No, I'm doing video," but you just take the video anyways because people love to see themselves in a video too. So you just kind of cruise by them and you get the video of them and it's be like, no, this is actually going to be part of a video. And it's like, oh, great. And that's how you get them all jazzed up. I hope you guys are kind of following along. If not, I apologize. Actually, sorry, not sorry. But yeah, this is how you kind of, if you want to get into an event and you maybe not have the, you don't really have the credentials to be there, you have to get there early. Make some, make some friends. Don't go out of your way to make friends. Just you're you're there on the job, so you have to look like you're be you're focused on doing something else. You're blending into the environment. You're supposed to be there, and then eventually during during the day, you'll encounter staff and things like that. And you'll be like, "Yeah, I've been here since five o'clock in the morning shooting video for oh for what? Uh, I have a YouTube channel, and I'm gonna be showcasing the event, and uh, I'm gonna be showing all the great parts about it, and you know, however you want to say it that makes it sound intelligent and positive, and be like, oh, they'll be like, oh, great." You know, is it for, is, are you with the news news network? Be like, no, I don't see them around. So, I mean, great. So, fuck that noise. And generally, smaller events or events that have more local talent, like, for example, New Hampshire. Yeah, we're not the, we're not a big state. We don't have a lot of stuff. Uh, um, we don't attract, ugh, how do I word this? Let's put it this way. Things are a little looser around here, okay? Just like the girl down the street. Things are a little looser around here. Security is not as crazy. So in order to, you know, talk when you talk with staff members and you talk with um, people at the event, it's generally more, is a little more of a welcoming presence. You generally don't have to deal with those issues where if you want to walk, get into an event, it's a little more relaxed. If you know what you're doing and you, you follow this, the guidelines and steps that I just kind of put forth to you, getting there early, blending into the environment and making friends, you're generally going to be there, you're going to stay there, and you're not going to have any problems. And then stay away from the staff, these staff entryways. Don't ask questions. Keep your mouth shut, okay? Don't try to overly make friends. Just blend in, shoot video, and then they'll see what you're doing, and then that's it. It's just kind of like a they understand that you're there to do that, and that's it. If something bad is happening, 
If there's something of the incident happening, like a fight breaks out or something, shut your camera off. Turn your camera off. Or at least make it look like you've turned your camera off. Because you don't want to be filming that shit because you're not there for world you're not there for world star, okay? You're not there to film bad shit and put it up on the internet. Okay? People see that. Uh, organizations see that. And if they see that who did that, they're most likely not going to want those people there. Okay? If WMUR or something like that shows up to get five minutes of the event, that's one thing. They'll more likely be invited in because they're a news organization and they want to showcase the event on TV. If TMZ shows up, there might be a little more hesitancy among the the organizers of the of the event to let them in because they don't know. Well, first of all, TMZ... You know, they're kind of up and down with the content they show. It's a little more dramatic. It's a little more world star-ish. So you don't want to, you want to make sure that whatever you're putting off, the vibes you're putting off, your gear looks good, and the content you're putting out there that people are most likely going to see is good shit, is positive shit, and it makes the organization look good. If it's a bad event, then just don't do the event. Just don't show up to it, okay? Don't, you know, don't take water from a stone, whatever the freak those mean, the metaphor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Don't try doing that. If it's a good event, a really good event, show up to it, make it look as positive as possible, tell the story, get in, get out. And make sure those people will remember who you are eventually by, yep, this is going to be on YouTube. And then on a few days later, boom, pops up on YouTube. You tag the shit out and they're like, sweet, great, thanks. They, then they'll share it. That's one way of going about it. But for security for this event, it was really simple. I, I didn't really, I bumped into two cops. And then, like I said, stayed away from the staff entryways. And then throughout the day, I just, filmed with the fire department and I talked to a couple staff members and then when it was time to go on stage I saw that a couple cameramen were going up on stage just photographers and stuff and I just kind of saw how staff was meandering and then I saw an entry I saw an opening literally an actual opening to go up on stage and I just kind of took one step and then one step and then one step and kind of shot from the side and saw what staff was doing and I saw the photographers and then I decided well I got the gear so I'm just going to go set up too and I kind of just calmly meandered back and forth then i saw the mayor i was gonna be the mayor i always do this i saw the governor i'm like okay the may the governor you kind of gotta have uh, gotta give a little opening to because he might have security or whatnot and you kind of gotta keep an eye on them because they're watching you may not be watching but they are but you have to keep an eye on what they're doing keep an eye a wide berth don't assume you can walk past a cop or a dude in a suit or whatever just stand with them They'll see you. They'll understand. There's a line. You don't cross it. And then what I was doing was he was getting close. The, as the governor got close to me, I was like, okay, cool. So I can film him a little bit. And then I moved out of his way. And once I moved out of his way, I kind of you know, meandered, maneuvered around him so he can move where he needed to go. Then the contestants came up on stage. When the contestants came up on stage for the lobster eating competition or whatever, I got right in there let the other photographers who probably had credentials to be there um, get the shots in that they needed. And then eventually I was just sort of in it. I was setting up camera angles from the back, from the side, from the middle. And then I saw openings. I got in, made, shot it, and got it. And you can check it out on week 90, that actual uh, how close I was to everybody because I had three cameras going at the same time. And then once it was done, it was like, boom, I got my opening. And then you kind of exit stage right. You make a couple friends from some of the photographers. And it's good that you, if you're, it's great if you're shooting video only, the photographer is not going to have much of a beef with you. Because if, say, if you're not, if you're a non-credentialed photographer and there's a credentialed photographer there, 
they're gonna there's technically a conflict of interest. Maybe you're a hobbyist or whatever, but like I said, if you're shooting video and they're shooting photography, you're not crossing the streams. Okay, you're not crossing. You know, you're not bumping uglies. There's no issue there. It's like, cool. You shoot photography. You take p great pictures. I'm shooting video only. We're gonna be doing totally different things. Cool. And that's it. So now you haven't pissed off photographers. You haven't pissed off security. And you haven't pissed off any staff or any of the event coordinators or anybody running business there or any vendors. Awesome. Um, and here's the thing. Sometimes you are, there's so many people going through these events, so many, uh, you know, spectators and stuff that, this is the one thing I've learned. Eventually, sometimes you'll maybe say something to them because you're trying to be playful and have fun and make a couple, some people laugh at these events to kind of get reactions out of them. Some, number one, some people don't want to be videotaped or, or photographed. That's just life, okay? Um, a lot of these people, if they don't want to be videotaped or photographed, well, they're fucking weirdos. Um, respect their wishes, okay? Just put the camera down and be like, no problem. I'll delete that video later. And that's it. Done. Um, and sometimes you'll maybe say something to somebody just because you're being playful or something like that and you're in a conversation and it kind of doesn't rub the right way with them or pisses them off. It'll stick with you for a while as you're going through your day while you're going through the event. Like I, I had that happen to me one day, the other day. I was, we were talking to somebody and it just, it didn't click with them the right way. Like I said something, you know, just off the chuck, like a throwaway joke and it just didn't click with them. And I was like, all right, well, anyways, have a good day. Just, just walk away. Immediately make yourself invisible. Just walk away, reset. Treat it like a fucking video game, dude. Hit the reset button and go back to shooting video. That's all you can do. You put your head back in the game because when you do this, you're, you're not going to please everyone when you're shooting video or or you're talking with people. Just that's the reality of it. You, you say dumb shit or some, a joke doesn't land or how you how you come in. Just sometimes, sometimes in life, it just doesn't work. So... I just moved on from it. I was like, okay, they didn't, they, they didn't like it. All right, fine. It wasn't offensive or anything like that. It's just, all right, fuck it. It just didn't work out with these people, and I just moved along because there's thousands of people here. There's 10,000 people here. There's a half a million samples of food here. Let's just move on to the next thing. Um, so don't beat yourself up over that when you're at these events and maybe somebody doesn't looks at you like, who the fuck is that with his camera? Who do they think they are? or you say something, or you're, the way you smile at them, is that's just how it is sometimes. Okay. And these people there, they may not appreciate what you're doing, and they may not understand your joke, or you get, you literally, you meet, you come across so many people at these events that not everything is something, maybe you accidentally bump into somebody, and something, ha and they don't like it, or, yeah, it's, that's just how it is. So, just keep that in mind. Don't let it rip you apart while you're going through these events. I have this issue, and I'm assuming I have this problem. Other people do, and it kind of bothers them throughout the event. Just go focus on shooting. That's what you need to do. Don't pay attention to your phone, okay? Turn your fucking phone off. Put it on silent. Put your away message up. You don't need to have that thing constantly going off while you're shooting an event. There's you're, You'll end up missing moments, okay? Focus on the job at hand. Put your camera in front of you. Make sure your, your credentialing is well shown. All your gear is ready. Pack light if you can. Get in there. Start killing it. That's your job. Even though you're not getting paid to do it, that's your job. That's your focus, sole focus of the day. 
and you'll be you'll thank yourself later because you'll be so focused on the task at hand that you'll get those moments that matter the most. And you'll be less likely to have security catch your eye or or staff to ask you, you know, ask start asking you questions that you're maybe not prepared to ask. Okay. So focus on the task at hand. Now for week 90, oh, oh, it's also called, uh, if you go to YouTube, it's called Ocean Avenue. It was a fun little event. You know, it was about seven minutes. Um, and it, it pretty much showcases the whole Hampton Beach Seafood Festival. Well, that Saturday, they didn't have the the um, the sky, sky, what is it? Skydiving. Skydiving was Sunday, so I wasn't there for that. But it was a three-day event. It was really cool. There was a shitload of people. So security was pretty loose on that for the most part. You know, you had a lot of staff members and all that stuff. But then, last just yesterday was the Phantom Gourmet. If you've ever heard of the Phantom Gourmet, you can Google that shit. The Phantom Gourmet is kind of a big deal up here. Um, it's a TV show and all that jazz. And they have a they have a food festival up here in the middle of Boston. So Lansdowne Street and Ipswich Street, okay, right along Fenway Park. First of all, Fenway Park has its own security that you don't fuck with. Okay, they have their lanyard, you know, college folk. You know, call it you know interns and whatever that 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 secure the outside area. You know, they have metal detectors and all that stuff. They don't allow bags in during some of these events, so you can't go in that way. I mistakenly thought yesterday morning that that was the way to get into the event. I was wrong. I asked because they were wearing events and there was metal detectors, and I asked. I wasn't understanding that this was not part. They had a whole another inside Fenway Park had a whole another event going on altogether. I was like, oh, okay. So this is, okay, so I'm not getting in this way. I'm like, all right. Well, I see two women over here. So I'll lay out the area. You have Fenway Park, and then you have Lansdowne and Ipswich Street next to a parking a parking spot that I know very well. So I parked there. That wasn't open yet. Well, it was open, but nobody was actually taking ta- tags or whatever or money. So I parked there for the time being. Once I was at the main, that, that, that entrance, I think it was like Gate B or something, I walked all the way around Fenway Park, which is not very big, mind you, okay? This is not a big stadium. We're talking like 34,000 seats. seats. Uh, yeah, the old Yankee Stadium was 52,000 seats, okay? Um, I walked all the way around, checked in with security. I was like, oh, I asked if, the, if, the, if, the, if they were playing that week. They're like, nope, they're, off in, they're in Cleveland right now. It's like, okay, cool. So walked around, found, and then walked down where the House of Blues is. There's the House of Blues. There's the Caskin Flagon, and there's uh, Loretta's Last Call, which they have a great chicken and waffles. Loretta's Last Call, awesome place. They have live music and all that jazz. It's on the other side of Fenway Park. That spot was open. There was two security guards there. Um, But the gates were still open. People were still walking on the sidewalks. So it was still free flow. And just like before, I had my lanyard hanging on, and then I I had my lanyard hanging from my neck. I had my camera gear. And this event only allowed no bags, uh, excuse me, bags no larger than six inches long. Six inch, six by six. If you, you haven't paid attention to the news in the past few years, uh, Boston has a thing when it comes to events, okay? And when it comes to bags, they have rules and they have guidelines. And if they, and if that, that's that, then that's that, okay? They set it strictly uh, straight up. If your bag is any bigger than six inches, they're probably going to have you throw it away or they're going to kick you out of the event. And that was shown yesterday, legit. Um, so, But people were still walking through this street, and it was Lansdowne Street. 
So I was like, okay. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna walk in. The gates hadn't been closed. It was eight thirty in the eight thirty eight forty five in the morning. So the event didn't open until VIPs were eleven o'clock and everybody else was noon. Okay. Three entrances. Three entrances. Okay. Forty bucks a pop, and then more money for VIP to get in an hour earlier. Because once everybody else comes in, we're talking five thousand people right off the bat out of the gate, coming in and making these humongous lines for food. And now you got to sit there and wait for food. Some people were smart and they brought trays. It was really interesting. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But it was 8.30, 8.45. I looked at security, sized them up, saw where they were at, saw how they were, paid it, had my gear in front of me. You know, if they're not looking at you and they don't care, then just just kind of mosey on through like you're casually going through. If they say anything to you, say good morning. You want to say you want to be smiley and friendly to as many people, not smiley, but courteous and unharm, not as harm, not harmful. Look as harmless as possible. You're there. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, morning, guys. Normally they just say morning. Okay. You knew they were security or something like. I mean, they or they could have just been standing there like idiots. But no, these guys were security. But you just kind of walk through, and then it's like, okay, is this the actual event? And then you start seeing, because you're there early, none of the actual staff staff that was hired by the event, you know, all green shirts and stuff, the staff, none of them were up front, okay? So you're now surveying your area. So, oops. So now when you go in, you're now in the area where they're going to be. I now realize I'm in the area where they're going to be setting up all the gazebo tents for the food sampling and stuff. So I'm like, cool, I'm now in the event. What do I do now? Well, you take a look around, you have your camera going, and you stay, now that you're in the inside the event, you stay away from security at that point. Okay. So now I'm in. All the security was on the, uh, all the gazebos were on the right. You had other random people. Phantom Gourmet was running around doing their thing, and they have a large staff too. And you start taking video of all the people setting up their, uh, setting up their tents, bringing out the food, and you get the, and you sort of, as they start heating, you know, heating up their trays, and the water starts to get warm, you start taking video of that. People putting up signs, you take video of that, and you go and see who's around. You kind of take pictures. You start tagging on Instagram. It's like, hey, I'm here. Hashtag Phantom Gourmet, because that's what they wanted you to do. And you start putting that up, and then it's early because the staff hasn't really started you know, taking in a massive load of, uh, massive load, oh boy, they haven't started taking in a massive amount of, of, of social media yet, so all of a sudden they're looking, maybe somebody's flipping through Instagram, and they see that they just got tagged, a hashtag on a timeline, they see that it's you, it's like, oh, somebody just, you know, Loretta's last call did that, they mentioned me in a story, because I mentioned them, hey, you know, they're here, and that was it, so you start, you've already placed yourself on the map as somebody who's promoting their business, cool. And you start making way to the vendors. You start saying good morning to some people. No cops were there yet. Okay. A lot of the staff wasn't even there yet. The The restaurants were still setting up. And they were getting a layout of the land. It was set up like a, a Y. You had, you uh, you can, it was Ipswich Street, Ipswich Street and Lansdowne Street, which I think it used to be called Yawkey Way. And you gonna, and, it, and then it hits in the, it hits in the middle and it bleeds off into like a Y formation a why there there where there's even more restaurants uh yeah well there's even more restaurants of uh you know vendors and you follow that and then there's another gate over there where there's other security 
So there's in so that's the third entrance, the one that you don't see. But then there's the issue of okay, well I know that eventually the part the the parking monitor is going to get here, and I have to go back out to make sure my car is paid for. How much is it going to cost? Do I need to relocate my car? And can I get back in once I walk out? So you kind of size up staff, see who's nice, who's friendly, all that jazz. Because at the end of the day, you're just there to take video. You're not doing anything wrong. You're just there to take video and, and make the event look good. But number one, let me tell you something. Number one, it's Boston. Number two, it's the Phantom Gourmet. Okay, And number three, it's fucking Lansdowne Street. Okay, They don't need you to promote their event. Okay, Even if Steven Tyler said he was showing up, it doesn't matter. They don't need anybody to promote this event any more than they do. The first year, they had thousands of people showing up and they weren't prepared for it. They sold out, what did uh, Dan say? Dan from the Phantom Gourmet, he said they sold out by like 1 o'clock. All their food. Okay. So, no, I think he said 12 actually. So, they don't need you there. They can kick you out at a moment's notice. They don't give a shit. You don't matter. You're a bug. But, if you just keep making friends and you stay out of the way and you keep your mouth shut, they'll let you in, no problem. You just, this, and you know, so far, this has worked for me. Because at the end of the day, I'm there to promote. I'm there to promote get my little two cents in, make my video, and get out. And you make friends along the way because you made them look good. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, there are a lot of big people there. There's people who are big deals. There's the Phantom Gourmet. There's cops. There's uh, you know political figures there. You know People that matter. But then there's also small vendors, people who need that publicity. They paid a lot of money to set up shop there that could use a little extra attention. You make friends with those people. You get friendly with them, just be like, hey, I'm shooting, you know, what are you doing? Hey, nice to meet you. I'm just shooting video. Oh, great, you know. And you want to try some of our stuff? And that's it. Bam, you're in. Um, so that's that's those people need you. And you need them. Okay. And it's it's a great way to build a relationship and you have a conversation. You're no better than them. Okay, remember that. These people paid a lot of money to be there. They're put. They're plugging their product. They could use that, you know, extra conversation and extra promotion. So that's your in, because you never know what they can do for you that you didn't realize. So stick close to them. Now it's getting close to about, I'd say, ten thirty. So I'm like, okay, let me check with the parking structure. So I can luckily, um, when I'm walking around. I walked past Spicy Mike's. They were handing out uh, this really nice ketchup that they make. Uh, and I walked past that vendor. I made friends with the guys over at the Budweiser thing. They let me go inside this little mobile command center uh, Budweiser thing they were making. Walked past them. And then the first entrance that I saw that's next to the parking structure, not parking structure, it's like a little parking lot that kind of swoops down. If you've been to Fenway Park, you know where it is. It's by like Gate B or whatever. And there's two girls... There's there's two women uh, staffing that entrance way, and I said, I asked them, do you know when they're opening up that parking st- that parking lot? And they said, no. I'm like, all right, no worries. I'm like, well, I'll come back and I'll check in a little bit, and then I'll come back, okay? And they're like, yep, no problem. It's like, thank you, ladies. Always say that. Um, hashtag, what's your pronoun? So I come back, I see him. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go check. Um. I let them know, like, hey, I'm going to go check and pay for that thing and I'm going to come back. So 
went over to the parking garage. I'm like, hey, uh, how you guys doing? Good to see you. Uh, I'm going to pay for my car, and then I'm going to run back in. It's like, okay. First of all, if you've ever paid for parking when, during, a, during a game at Fenway Park, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to, you know, give up your 401k or your, your child's college tuition to fucking go see the Red Sox play the Blue Jays. Uh, but today it was $10. So it was 10 bucks to park right next to the event in the middle of Boston. Hoorah. So went and parked. Thank you. Then walked right, to, right, went right back to the ladies that let me walk out and went right back in. They were nice to me. Like, it was cool. Smile at them, everything like that. Then you have your lanyard on. It's like, okay. You start surveying the territory. You start looking at the staff, how the staff is getting set up. You start seeing the vendors, what they're doing, what they're wearing for credentialing. And it's like, okay, what do they have that I don't? Now, what I'm sound, doing sounds, maybe it sounds skeezy. Maybe it sounds like I'm giving away secrets or maybe it's something they don't like. That's fine. It, it, I'm just being honest about how I, tr- how I try to get into an event so that, because they already know I probably don't belong, okay? They, they, they know things I don't. They know I'm just trying to be there so I can shoot an event and put it up on my channel and make everything look good. That's all I'm trying to do. So as long as you're being honest from the very beginning, like, look, I just want to be here, shoot the event, make everything look as good as possible so that I can put something on my stupid little fucking channel and move on with my day. That's it. They understand that, and they're not going to bother you. That's all. So as long as I'm being honest about what I'm doing, they get it. And not only that, they can be more caught. They can understand what I'm trying to do about how I try to get in so that they can be better prepared about the holes in their security so that they can be prepared in case something were to come up. Okay? Because thankfully, it is just me just trying to shoot the event with my, my stuff. Okay, and it's not friggin' Muhammad Atta, all right? So I, I'm, I'm walking by, and I see all the vendors. They're wearing um, these little purple wristbands saying that they're staff or whatever. I look down, and right in a fucking puddle are two of these wristbands. I look around really quickly just to see if anybody's looking or grabbing their wrist or anything like that, just to see. And then I just kind of reach down, pick it up, dry it off, put it on my wrist. And now I look like everybody else at the event. I look like a VIP or a staff member or something. So now I've accomplished the task of blending in even more. It's like, sweet, I'm in. Okay, now the staff arrives. A lot of staff. And they start meeting together. The police start showing up. Boston PD shows up with at least a dozen. And that's just in uniform. So let's face it. At Times Square, you see some of the cops. And you see a lot of cops in uniform. It's the cops you don't see that aren't in uniform. Okay. And there's and there was some other dudes, but we'll get to them in a minute. So the staff starts showing up. They start meeting. The event coordinators, they start meeting. EMS shows up. Public safety shows up. Fire department, blah, blah, blah. They all start meeting. They all start going towards the entranceways, which means they're going to start shutting off people just walking through. And I'm now in the middle of the event. So now all the attention has been moved away from the middle of the event, and it's now towards the entranceways. Cool. And at this point, I've already made friends with the people over at Spicy Mike's. I've already made, I've already shook in the hands of Dan, 
who now I remember his name, who happens to be the freaking Phantom Gourmet. So now I know, I'm like, oh, I already sh- I shook this guy's hand this morning. Great. So now we know my face. Perfect. I'm in. I've already said hi, good morning, how are you? And said hi to, and the Tuscan Market showed up, and I already know them from week 90 and from week, uh, let's see, week, uh, let's see, Tuscan Market, week 86. So I saw them in week 86, the Tuscan Market. Um, I did their event. And then I saw them in week 90 when they did the Hampton Beach Seafood Festival. And I saw them again yesterday. So cool. There's another connection I've made. They're nice people. They get along with me. It's like, hey, nice to see. And they, and you know what's funny is they think they saw me in the Henniker event. They thought they saw me at another event. You know, just all of a sudden they, I start getting in their mind. I start getting in their head for events that I wasn't even at. But that's cool because now they're thinking about me. They have me. I think he was there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was there. But it's like, even if I wasn't, it's like, well, I was definitely, and you don't say, no, I wasn't there. You just say, well, I was definitely at these events. I know, I definitely remember you from here, and I definitely remember you from there. And that was it. So now you've made even more friends. I don't, connections is, it's kind of a cheesy marketing fucking skeezy salesman type of thing. It's like, connections, it's like, no, I've made friends or clients or, or you've, you now familiar faces. Nice to see you again acquaintances that's cool connections is like you know it's like i i know a guy you know who can who can get you some cheap drywall you know it's it's not like that but you you've made some friends some friendly faces along the way and these people remember you in the future and they appreciate you cuz you just sort of show up and do things for them that they never asked you to do but they definitely appreciate you doing and then they offer you things it's like and when they offer you stuff it's like um not right now. I'll come by later. But right now, I just I want to focus on really shooting this event. Because if I'm busy eating, I'm not shooting. So if I'm shoving shoveling fucking food down my face, and I'm not holding my camera up, which means I'm not doing my job, my meaningful purpose of why I'm here in the begin with. Now, part of the event, yeah, you definitely want to aim the camera at yourself to point some food in your face. Because people like to see your reaction of how you put food in your face and the, the, the joy it brings you to make them be like, man, I should have gone. So you do that a little you do that a little bit as well. So now it's getting close. Like I said, it's getting close to 11 o'clock. All the staff's up front. The cops are there. Cops are meeting. You walk by them once or twice. Um, just so they, if, even if one or two of them sees you, they know that you're there. You know that you belong. All right, you're now part of the environment. The staff sees you. They know you're there. They know you belong. Um... And then there was other staff. There was some guys in suits that, you know, they wore ear wraps and they wore uh, wrist pieces um, for communication. You know, you want to say, say good morning to them. Definitely say good morning. You know, morning, guys. Move along. Just say good morning to you. If they don't look like they want to say good morning to you and they don't even want to acknowledge you, don't acknowledge them. They're looking, what their job, their job is to look around. They are looking for gaps. They're looking for holes. They're looking for threats. Um, that's their job. Don't disturb them from their job. Your job's to shoot video. Their job is to prevent a disaster. So you let them be. You focus on your job. Bill Belichick says, just do your job. So you do that. And then there was these other security. There was the other security that wasn't suited up, wearing a uniform, wearing a staff shirt, these guys look like fucking Blackwater. They look like they just came straight from Afghanistan. Um, 
and they were punting, punt, fucking punting terrorists. Okay, these guys were scary dudes. All right, like Benghazi, uh, you know, thirteen hours looking motherfuckers, and these dudes were not. They didn't come home. Their bodies were here, but mentally they didn't come home. These dudes were at every entrance. The ones that I saw were at every entrance. Um, they were, they had a different look in their eye, a very different look. These guys were not here to deal with civil disturbances. They were not here to deal with um, security as far as, no, I can't let you in. They didn't, when people were getting, th- if people were getting thrown out, which, yes, there was a lot of people there, so things do happen, scuffles happen, they were not there to keep the peace. They were there for something completely different. These guys were there in case the shit went down, okay? If there was, like, and yes, I think you get what I'm t- saying, okay? If, like, a marathon bomber, that type of situation, these guys were running on a completely different frequency, so if you were there to do damage, these guys were there specifically to end or slash neutralize the threat by any means necessary. Okay? Whatever they were carrying, whatever whether they were packing heat or not, these guys were there specifically to end the threat. Period. They were no bullshit individuals. I don't even know who freaking paid them. But they were there. And one dude, well, two of them, one dude was ridiculous. He was like, it was like straight out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Black dude, all black, black leather hat, black leather vest, earpiece, standing in the middle, sunglasses. He looked like my posing instructor, Bruno. And he was no bullshit. And then there was another dude with a big, long beard, camo pack. And he had a camo pack. And you're not allowed to have big bags like that in this event. Nothing bigger than six inches. This thing was definitely bigger than six inches. So I don't know what he was carrying back there. And I didn't see any tags or or, or uh, he wasn't wearing a lanyard. He wasn't wearing freaking one of those little plastic wrist wraps that you get when you walk in through the through the event gates. No, this dude was on a different ant- on a whole different frequency. Uh, he definitely looked the part. And he just sort of sat there when they were pushing people out and they were kicking people out. He just sat there and he just kind of moved his head back and forth like a security camera, just watching. It's like, I see everything. I know what's going on. I'm not moving from my post. He was like an American beef eater. Like those those guards that stand stand tall at the Buckingham Palace. Those dudes don't move, but they see everything. You want to give them the finger? They won't budge. But if you touch them or you get way too close to them, they will fucking take you down. These These were the American version. Okay. Um, you know, car, you know, Carhartt wearing, tobacco chewing, you know, yeehaw, fucking badasses. Um, so they were there. Okay, there were a couple I saw, other, and you just avoid them. You don't say hi to them. You just avoid them. You just gotta move on, take pictures. But then eleven o'clock came. I had already made friends. Security was there. I was locked in. Cool. I saw the other photog- I saw the photographer, the official event photographer who was there, kind of sized him up. For the most part, you stay out of his way. He was he's paid to be there. He's an event photographer. He's paid to be there. You stay out of his way, and that's cool. Um, and 
that's it. We just kind of go our separate ways after you size them up. You see who's doing what. You say good morning. You try to say as little stupid shit as possible to people, which, you know, happens with me sometimes. And then you sample a little food, you know, a little, not much. Then noon comes in. And then you kind of get an idea. As you're moving through the timeline of your vlog, you ask people questions who have already been there. Or I think I asked Dan, the Phantom Gourmet, uh, how many people are coming through those gates at 12 o'clock? He said, right off the bat, 5,000. That's information you want to know when you're telling the story of the vlog that you're doing. And that's important because, first of all, 5,000 people come coming through that, that gate and it's through one entrance. That's a wave of people coming down. That's an angry mob. They are hungry. They all paid 40 bucks to be there. Five, 40 bucks a pop, 5,000 people. Do the math. Please, actually, do the math because I can't, I can't do that right now. Um, so they're all coming in. They're going to fill up lines. And some of them had these really clever. Some of them had these like cardboard boxes with ropes around their necks so that they could go from station to station to station and just fill up their box and then just eat. So your hands were never full. Super clever. So obviously veterans that have been there before. And some people were actually dressed up because they have like this competition for like best dressed Phantom Gourmet. And little did I know that purple is the actual theme of the event because purple is the color of the Phantom Gourmet uh, logo. So people dressed up as purple. And I happen to have this really, as you know, I have uh, V-neck t-shirts. I have like a dozen of them. All the same brand. <laughs> from the same store, all different colors. And I just happened to wear the purple one that day. So I had blue shorts on. I had my field watch, my event watch. It's a reliable, uh, what's the company? Um, I don't remember. Anyways. Um, oh, Edix. Edix Le Vaubert. It's a field watch that I wear. It's dependable. It gives me the time. It's very clear to see in case you're shooting video with it. Or, you know, you need to point your camera at it. It's clear. It's perfect. Get a good watch for an event like that. And then I had my blue Reeboks on, a sweet blue Reeboks. And then I had the purple shirt. So I looked like I belonged in the event. Sunglasses on uh, for about 75% uh, of the time. If you're talking to people, try to take them off. It's respectful. And it just so happened that the theme ran, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. People thought I was actually one of the brothers, the Phantom Gourmet brothers. Um... But it was kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Maybe that worked. Maybe that worked in my favor. I don't know. But it, it's if it did, cool. So once again, about two at about two o'clock, they were having a, a best dress costume. So all the people came in. Um, they were stuffing their faces. You're videotaping all the madness of all the lines filling up and how big the crowds are and everything else going on. Avoiding conflicts. You're in the game. You're already there. Cool. Now, full disclosure, did I pay for a ticket? Yes, I paid for a ticket. So I paid to be there. But I would in but VIPs were allowed to go in an hour earlier than general admission. Okay, I didn't pay for VIP. I paid for general admission. But I wasn't there to eat before the general admission. I was there to shoot video before general admission. Whether I asked permission or not. I was there to do that and that only. Okay. I wasn't there to, you know, cheap out and save an extra 10 bucks so I could get some food in my stupid system. No, no. I was there to shoot video. That's it. Just remember, full disclosure, they're there to shoot the event only. Okay? And then shoot the event from the inside as the as they came in. 
That's it. Okay. And yeah, so that's what I did with that. And as the crowd came in and everybody, you know, everybody was chopping it up and the lines were filling up and I started making more friends and I saw how all the food was coming out and you're watching the food come out and land and get chopped up and served to people and the reactions of all this stuff. It was it was super cool. And then people wanted a picture taken, video, and they're giving their they're giving thumbs up and stuff. And then I go to the I go Dan from Phantom Gourmet is making announcements throughout the day. He says there's going to be a costume contest, costume slash dance off, which they do every year apparently. And you make your way over to the stage. Made my way over to the stage, and let me get a sip of coffee. Mm. That was delicious. I think I will have a second. Hot brew, hot brew in your face. So, two o'clock comes. I head over to the stage. I look at the stage, just like last time, just like week ninety when I was at the seafood festival. I'm like, okay, let me size up the stage. Let's see who's on it. Where are the staircases? Okay, they have a band playing on the stage, just like last time. Okay, do I see the access to the stage? Yes. Who's on the stage? One photographer. Two videographers from the Phantom Gourmet, because the Phantom Gourmet has their own crew. Okay, they don't need to like, they don't need WMUR to show up or whomever Boston uses WBZ Boston, I think it was or something. They don't need them. Phantom Gourmet has their own people. So I see who they are. I kind of get close to the stage, and I look from the side. I look to the left. I find my spot, and then I see the staircase, the staircase coming up from the right. I'm like, okay, I think I can get on the stage. Now there's lots of people filling up this little spot very quickly, okay, because they want to see the the dance off and the costume contest and all that shit. So you get uh, you get your angles as you're shooting of people coming, people uh, people who are dressed up. You say, hey man, good luck, you know, and then you go and you find. I found the stage spot, and I kind of just. Slowly creeped up the stage. See if anybody looked. First of all, I looked for security. See what security I could see. What they were doing. Saw if the photographers and the videographers were giving me any weird looks. Um, if security was making any moves on my part, wherever the cops were. And you kind of look and you'd be like, all right, well, nobody's giving me shit for being up here. So I'm just going to plant myself in the back for now and just shoot video. Okay. I got my purple shirt on. I got my, my little lanyard thingy on. I haven't caused any problems yet, so let's just keep shooting video. So you keep shooting video, and then as everybody else is moving back and forth, you kind of move forward a bit, you move left or right, you kind of let them, because they're paid to be there, you let them get the best angles, and when they move out of the way, you jump in a little bit. You don't jump in, you kind of lean into it, and you get that. You get a little bit of that angle too. You go and you get some of that angle, and you get those shots that they got, at least some of them, and then when they want that spot, you let them in right away. So while you're focused on your shot, you need to make sure that you let them get in to get there. Because there was one time where the videographer from the Phantom Gourmet was trying to get a corner shot from the right-hand side of the stage. And I saw her coming, and I, I saw her, and I said, go, I said, yep. I let her slide right on in. She says, thank you. Cool. We have it. Uh, now an understanding of she wants this spot. She gets this spot. Okay? Done. That would have, I would have done the same thing for the photographer and the two videographers or anybody else that was on that stage. That's courtesy, super courtesy. 
and but I had already planted a camera there because I had two cameras with me. I had to pack super light. I wasn't able to bring in my gimbal stabilizer, my drone, because you can't really fly drones in unless you have special permission or whatever. You're with the Phantom Gourmet and you have that all that jazz. You're not going to fucking just light up a drone and send it over thousands of people. That's dumb. So I didn't have, but I couldn't fit that bag in with me anyways, the big bag. So I didn't have that. All I had was my Sony Nex5T, my my, my new mirrorless camera, and my waterproof Fujifilm FinePix 120, which is a good little camera. So I had that. And I had my cell phone, okay, which was throwing up hashtag Phantom Gourmets on Instagram and Facebook all fucking day. So I had that going for me as well. So I had that as video as well. Okay, so cool. So I have three, I have at least three video cameras because the Sony Next5T has a tendency to overheat when you shoot for a longer period of time. So, you know, if you're turning it off for like a minute or two and then you turn it back on, it cools down, turns back on, no problem. But during long speeches and stuff, it's not the, it's not the right camera. If it's a long speech and stuff like that, eventually it'll just get too hot where it'll just overheat and it has to cool off and, it sh- and then it shuts down. And it'll tell you that too. What's cool about the Sony Next5T though is the NEX 5T is that it has a USB port. So even though you can't keep the camera on while it's charging, you can turn the camera off and then it'll start to charge. And I had a portable charger in my pocket. Now you have to get the right one though because the charger will the 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 charger inside the camera will shut off and then you have to keep plugging it in, which was what I had to keep doing. And I had three batteries with me for that camera, but that camera does not have great battery life at all. But it's cool. I, even though, while it was cooling down or charging or whatever, I had the Fujifilm FinePix, which shoots in the same parameters, 1080p, 60 frames per second, awesome. Same shit. So I literally can whip that bastard out, start shooting with that while the NX5T is cooling down, but you kind of have it in your hands like you're still shooting with it while you have the the other camera, the little point-and-shoot going at the same time, so it doesn't make you look like you're ill-prepared or not really shooting what you're supposed to be shooting or any situation that you can't think of, that thing's still going. So you have that that persona like you're shooting with two cameras, but in reality, one's cooling down and the other one's taking the video. And then when that by the time things cool down, you pocket the XP120 or you put it in a certain section, you leave that camera in a certain spot so it films a different angle while you're running around with a different camera. So you can time lapse with it, you can slow motion shit down, whatever it's doing. So I planted it on one spot at the stage, I planted it in another spot on a speaker, and then I'm getting crowd reactions and zooming in and zooming out, doing all this stuff on stage while that little camera's just sitting there. And then when somebody moves, I take it, I put it somewhere else. So all this stuff is happening. At the same time, I'm right on stage next to Dan from Phantom Gourmet, and the winner of last year's competition, and the whole crowd's right there. And I, at the same time, I'm also checking who, you know, the the videographers that are there, any staff or any uh, security that has may have questions about, like, who the fuck is this dork up here? No no issues of that whatsoever, because you're paying attention. You've already sized up this whole situation. You understand what's happening at this time. So you, I'm there, and then about halfway through the competition where they, they, they the people that, signed up to compete, they're doing their thing, they're dancing off, and then we're going through that, and then I turn around for two seconds, and then a massive fight breaks out in the middle of the crowd. Now, like, well, massive fight, but 
definitely two checks were involved. Okay, and before I even realized it, staff was already, I mean, not staff, but security, some type of security, black-shirted security, was in the middle of that crowd breaking it up. Because once one person gets bumped, that causes another person to get angry, and then that person gets involved, and then another person gets, and then you eventually have that core group of people that are fighting. So if security doesn't step in, eventually those people that are on the outside of the core, they start trying to get involved, or they either start videotaping and throwing it up online, or they start to get involved and pulling people out, and then it turns into an even bigger fight. So security got in there really quickly, and these people started, these chicks started getting dragged out. Now, am I videotaping at this time? No. You don't want to videotape this stuff. You don't want to have any reason to actually want to put this stuff online. Because if you take that little negative thing and you throw that shit up online, you make it world star, people like the Phantom Gourmet are going to see that shit. They're going to know that you did it. And they're not going to be pleased about it. And then you're not going to have the trust of being able to get there early and just have this access to just kind of run around with the camera. Because it's one thing if you you be like, well, I'm just filming the event. No, you're not. You're 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 there to film positive shit, and you should only be filming positive shit. Now, if a if a catastrophic event breaks out, you know, like a marathon bombing type of stuff, that's a different discussion. We can talk about that some other time. That's different. That's life altering, because number one, you got to hand that stuff. That if it's crucial data, crucial video data or photography data, you have to hand that over to to the authorities. You really do. You have to be like, listen. You have to talk to him. Be like, listen, I'm a YouTuber. I'm going to be posting some video, but you guys got to see this shit too. And here's a copy of all of it. You guys hand that stuff. Here, take a look at it. Go through all of it. It may help you solve this problem. And they'll be like, okay. And then, they can t- and then they'll talk to you further about the content that you have that you plan on putting up there and all that jazz. That's a different topic for another time. But if it just two freaking idiots are just having a fight in the middle of the in the middle of the uh, the crowd, don't videotape that shit. You, they don't want us, and don't let them see you videotaping that shit either. Don't videotape that shit. Don't put it up there. Just walk away. Literally turn around and walk away. I walk to the back of the stage. I even said to the band, I go, I'm going to turn my camera off for this one. And it's a good time to let your camera cool down, to let your gear kind of rest for a minute. And then once the situation subsides, and let's face it, the crowd at this point was singing na 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 na, hey hey goodbye to all these people. They were, they didn't give a shit. Um, once the crowd was, everything was reassembled and they were back into it, I was right back in the mix. I was right back in the mix, shooting this event like I belonged there. And at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I shook a bunch of hands. I took great photos. I hashtagged it all day. The Phantom Gourmet was great. Security was really nice to me. Um, staff was great. The people were really nice to me. The uh, spicy mics, who I'm going to be meeting up with later this week, they had a they were a vendor there as well. Um, so I met them, and I you know they gave me a free bottle of this ketchup they make. Uh, it's awesome. They got a Jamaica, they got a Jamaica blend, they got a, a curry blend, they got a. Let me grab the cart. Hold on. They gave me a card. They gave me a whole bottle of this stuff. So. Uh, Lori Johnson is the executive account manager. It's Spicy Mike's all-natural handcrafted. Uh, it's like a ketchup. Uh, their big thing is that they don't use like any high fructose corn syrup. They use like some natural sugars, and the flavor of the of the medium and the hot is really good. The ghost isn't bad if you're into ghost, but it's not like ghost chili. None of these things are gonna kill you. The blends are really good. So 
but yeah, you can go to spicymikes.com. They're out of Kingston, New Hampshire, and they're they're a new company. But yeah, they got some. It's really good. Immediately when I tried the medium and the hot, the first thing I thought was ribs, because you know when you think ketchup, you think like you know like I don't. Well, first of all, I don't know what I think when I think ketchup, but this stuff is good. You could put this. You could do ribs with this. So you can take the ribs, boil them for about forty five minutes, and then take them out. And then when you throw them on, you let them rest for about an hour. Put them on the grill. Rub this shit on there. The spicy mics on there. Ugh. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Perfect. So, um, yeah, go to spicymikes.com. They gave me a bottle of it, and um, I look forward to uh, trying it out. I got uh, two racks of ribs today, and I, I might put that on there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to meet with uh, with Mike uh, later this week. I'll hit him up. I'll give him. A, he gave me his phone number, so I'll call him. But uh, it was great, and by the time the event was done, I said thank you to whomever I could find. I meandered around the event as long as uh, nobody was giving me dirty looks. And then I was out of there by 4 o'clock. And despite it being a bigger, like a big event, like in the middle of Boston, first of all, attendance-wise, I don't know how much bigger it was than the Seafood Festival, but it's in the middle of Boston, hosted by a much larger organization, the Phantom Gourmet. They didn't need, I didn't need to be there as far as in their eyes. They didn't need me there, okay? I just happened to be there early in in support, staying out of the way, being courteous, being friendly, finding the things I needed to make myself look more uh, validated. And it all worked out because I had a plan of action that I've executed several times before and it worked. And because I'm doing it and because I'm staying true to these, these codes of conduct, they li- they like the stuff that I do, or they don't. I ha- they don't have a negative reaction to it, and then I'm not. It's not that I won't be invited back. It's that I'm not a disturbance. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always here shooting video, and then it's just you know they pay no mind to me, and that's th- that's what you should do. That's how it, that's how you should conduct yourself when this, within these environments. Don't try to go looking for negative shit at, the, at these events. It's just not going to pan out for you. But you can go on, like, Facebook, or you can check out the Phantom Gourmet. I mean, a half a million samples were handed out, all kinds of food. See, once you paid your 40 bucks to get in, all the food was free, okay? And, all, and, and you know, over 100 different vendors. And, I mean, it, the food was good. Look, the food was good, all right? There was all kinds of different stuff. Uh, there was uh, Berlundi's. They were handing out, like, arancini balls. Um, they had just great, and they were prepared. They were prepared. Tuscan Kitchen was prepared. There were a lot of vendors. I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of vendors that ran out of food by like 3 o'clock. All right. There was a burger joint that just wasn't prepared. There was a bagel joint that wasn't prepared. Um, they got hammered. But, you know, they learn, and then they choose to know whether or not they're going to come back. Because at the end of the day, it's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe they just ran out of food. No, because people paid money to go there to be served everything. Okay, because when a lot of vendors run out of food, it's no longer worth the price of admission to go there. So you want to make sure that every vendor's prepared. And, and and here's the thing. And if you don't bring enough samples, if you don't bring enough samples of food, that now puts strain on other vendors to actually supply more food for the people that now are getting screwed over by you not having any. Because then they'll start running out of shit. And if they start running out of shit, then the next person's going to start. And then it's like it, the situation breaks down. So don't be the weakest link. Bring as much shit as possible. Be prepared. Do your fucking homework. Okay? 
Um, and they only do sell a certain amount of tickets. So there's no, you know, know your portions. You know how many people are coming to those gates. Be prepared for it. They had beer tents too, and it was great. Uh, the only issue they may have had was people were backing up onto the sidewalks, which was pushing against the restaurants. And when EMS tried to come through with ambulances, um, they had to kind of push crowd. The crowds had to get moved out of the way a little bit. And there was one aggressive staff member. Uh, there usually has to be at least one kind of aggressive staff member telling people to get off the sidewalk. But for the most part, you know, everything ran pretty well. And at the end of the day, I got the footage I wanted, the footage I needed, and I look forward to putting that together and uh, serving it to the public. Uh, week 92. So I'll eventually start working on that uh, probably later by later tonight. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. So... I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I think I'm done for the day. I'm going to finish my coffee. I'm going to go see what my roast is doing and see what my soup is up to. And I got to go attend to some client questions and emails and see what my friends are doing because I haven't been near my cell phone. Oh, my God. And uh, that's pretty much it. So um, if you want to hit up Spicy Mics, just go to SpicyMikes.com. You can inquire right there. Sales at SpicyMikes.com. You can hit me up. Of course, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. You can go to positive sarcasm.com. You can click on the contact page. If you want to donate, you can click on you can go to the contact page there and just hit the donate button. It's the PayPal button. Or you can go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount is appreciated. It all goes towards whatever the hell I'm trying to do. Um hashtag drug free. And uh, if you want to hit me up on social media, you go to facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. You'll, you'll see the little PS symbol with the black hole. You'll see, if you want to go to Instagram, uh, positive, at positive underscore sarcasm. You find me on Twitter, five days a week. Um, blocking you if you're negative. Uh, at POS sarcasm. Like I said, with, with, with Twitter's a different animal, so I try to... It's just a different... Just a, Twitter's just a different beast. Um, if you have questions about posing music or if you have ideas for videos or audio or edits or whatever, you can contact me through any of those means necessary. Uh, no Snapchat because I don't care about Snapchat. Uh, YouTube, type in positive sarcasm. You'll see the same symbol. Go there, subscribe, hit the bell. You're good to go. Uh, and, uh, I can't really think of anything else. I think I killed it for about an hour and 15, hour and 17, hour and 17, 53, 54, 55. All right, we're done here. Thank you, guys. Subscribe, support, listen, question, call me. Call me! But, all right, we're done. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, It's been a positive sarcasm presentation.